Hey ladies and gents, welcome to the Controlled Interest Gamecast, episode 125. As always, I'm joined by Dom. Jared, war, war does change, as we now know, <laughs> in the in the outer worlds. In the outer worlds. Uh, war does and, change. And Jordan. War! What is it good for? Simply irresistible. Um, and Ron Perlman. <laughs> Uh, so this is actually one of our pre-recorded episodes, so we're not going to be talking about what we're what we've been playing or what we're going to be playing. Um, but this episode's kind of cool. We're going to be talking about our most anticipated games for the coming year. Obviously, the Game Awards were recently. We had some announcements at E3 earlier this year, talking about the games for 2019. And we're just going to go over uh, our most anticipated games, um, not in any particular order. This doesn't necessarily mean the games that we're going to love at the end of the year or our our favorite games. It's just what we're mostly anticipating. Um, so I think Dom will lead us off, he'll go over his list, and uh, we'll kind of go like that. It'll be Dom, and then Jordan will talk about his five, and then I'll talk about mine. So lead us off here, Dom. So yeah, I, I don't have a particular order, but I do have, you know, like a top three, and then a top one for sure. Okay. But So I'm going to kind of start with, uh, <laughs> so that pretty much is in order, so I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was going to say, it sounds like you got It's not in any particular order, well. except there's a top three and a top one. So. so you haven't figured out number four and five is all you're saying. Yeah, yeah. More, more or less. So so numbers four and five, I'll start with uh, Doom Eternal. I think you, I think you fellows are familiar with the Doom series, franchises, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Doom's one of my favorite rappers. Man, Doom is a rapper? Yeah. MF Doom? You don't know who MF Doom is? No. Get out of this fucking basement you've been in for two goddamn years and go Never experience leave. something. Never leave this place. Um, but yeah, like, Doom in 2016, I think, 2015. The last one that came out 2016, was, yeah. It was just like, mm, you know, Jordan d- does it better, the, the Italian kiss of uh, the chef thing. But that My game was absolutely... Yeah stellar and i want to kill more demons so i'm really excited for doom next year well there's hell on earth right so it's going to be returning back to earth and uh honestly one of the things i'm most excited for is the uh game awards performance that we're going to get because in 2016 the doom oh. performance we got at the game awards was awesome you're right you're oh you're right oh that's yeah. gonna be that's the that's like one of the greatest parts about uh, doom 2016 was the music um, yeah because, I mean, the game, like I said, is fantastic. Really fast-paced, really excellent uh, feeling combat and everything. But the music, like, just this, like, awesome hardcore metal just going on behind you. And, like, I, just, it was a great game. I'm ready for that. And then, yeah, that's right. We're going to probably have a good, a good, another good Game Awards performance. I don't remember the name of the band. but they, they uh, it's, it's, There's a specific composer that puts it all together. He's from, like, Australia. I don't remember his name. Mm. Um yeah, it's all sake. Those uh, the thing with Doom Eternal that I'm excited for is like I just love the the fast paced kinetic movement of the first game, yeah. and they're probably gonna yeah. obviously nail that in the second one. Um, there's gonna be bigger, badder demons. Some people, one of the major gripes of Doom is that it felt a little long in the tooth, and not necessarily that the game itself in terms of hours was too long, but people felt towards the end the pacing was a little off. Um. Mm-hmm. My biggest thing with Doom is I hope that there's no multiplayer in it, and I hope that all of their energy goes into focusing on the single player because the multiplayer, whether it was good, obviously it wasn't very good. I think even if it was good, it's not the type of game that carries on 
a player base for that long these days. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it's worth their investment in it. In my opinion, I know there's people who probably love the multiplayer that are like, no, no. Um, but I just hope a lot of their efforts are focused on that. And I would love like a big meaty um, DLC post launch too. I'm with you. Yeah. Doom Eternal's dope, and I really can't wait for it. Yeah, and I'm like honestly like okay, like new locations, some differing kind of demons, but like I don't, I'm not like require. I, I don't really necessarily want them to go nuts and all sorts of new innovative stuff. I mean that that'd be great, but I'm fine with a lot more on what they already did, dude. You know. Oh. Well, we're getting the like the giant lightsaber sword. Remember that was the tease at the end of the reveal. Oh, that's so right, I'm like, that's right. that plus a couple more demons plus a couple new locations and that awesome soundtrack. I'm good. Like I'm, I'm with you. Yeah. I don't need a ton of new stuff. Just slight additions and it's good to go, man. It just feels so yeah. good. I could maybe do with like a little bit more engaging story. I don't have any idea what happened in the first game. Not that I needed to, but it would be nice. To like okay, like it's a little something to kind of keep you going through it i guess but i mean even if that's non-existent i don't really, i won't really care to be honest but that would that's be like one icing thing. on the cake like that would make it yes. way like make it like a 10 but i think just right. with it having the, like the because i mean the story so the story obviously in the first one is that you're you're the demon hunter and there's like a slight twist at the end because the guy who had been helping you was actually the main antagonist um so there's like there's very tropey things in it in terms of like action movies and stuff um I'm with you. A more engaging narrative would be cool, but if that doesn't happen and it's just kind of the same story beats as the first one in terms of, like, not a lot of meat on the bone there, I'm fine with mm-hmm. that. Um, yeah, but it would, yeah, like, I take it to another like, level. Yeah. I feel like, uh, the, especially uh, the reboot from 2016, the story was very pushing... It was pushing irreverence and was trying to be not necessarily completely jokey, but... Um, just trying to be a lot, very meta and kind of making fun of game stories in general and action stories in general. Yeah. Um, so I feel like that is probably just going to continue. They're not going to go fucking Last of Us, God of War reboot on you. But um, if you're down with that vibe, then I definitely think you're going to get more of that. And it will probably just get uh, not goofier, but more irreverent and um, more insane kind of crazy shit i guess and that boy's coming to switch yeah yeah um one of the i don't know man you might want to stick with your ps4 because yeah i I probably will doom 2016 (laughs) on switch is not bad but it is compromised i would say say Mm -hmm. and i think you're doing a disservice to that game if you're not playing it in its absolute crispest like most highest potential in terms of performance too fast for switch which it wasn't the case but i think that yeah, you, you should probably just stick with uh, with a console release or PC. Well, the crazy thing, too, is it's going to have some contrasting areas because we're used to, like, these very um, demonic, like, reds and brownish types of areas in Doom, which isn't a bad thing necessarily. Um, but in this in the, in the preview we saw, there was, like, these very crisp, clean, like, cathedral-looking areas. Um, so it kind of, like, offsets the tone of the game that you're used to because you're playing these very, like clean white um like almost medical environments um to just so to see like bloodshed and stuff in those areas is gonna be really cool the contrast of the blood to the design so yeah dude doom like i'm ready let's kill demons i just let's go i'm I'm game (laughs) um i also appreciate that they called it they have a subtitle and not you know it's not doom 2 um that was probably smart yeah 
which God of War is probably going to be too. I doubt God of War will be God of War two. It's just like these new reboots of these franchises. They have to figure out a way to like get around that. Yeah. Because you don't want to be Battlefront where you have two Battlefronts and two (laughs) Battlefront twos. Exactly. Oh man. Uh, What's next on your list? Next on the list, uh, also published by our friends, not our personal friends. We don't know them, but we like them. Yeah, Bethesda, uh, Wolfenstein Youngblood. Pretty sure. Wolfenstein. I want to. I'm pretty confident this is a next year game. Um, yeah, yeah they year. said 2019. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. I thought so. All right. So yeah, Wolf. The last two Wolfenstein games are absolutely superb. Um, the New Colossus and wow, what was the first one called? The New Order. Both of them were just fantastic. Somehow the New Colossus outdid um, the New Order, which I didn't think was possible. But the characters and the story in that game were just absolutely. I don't. I don't want you to say like funny, but like. The characters are funny. They got their own thing going on. You kind of have to have played it to know what I mean. But yeah, the characters are just really over the top and uh, kind of funny. But that's but still like they they drive the story along in a really good way. And the stories are like really um, also over the top. But it's pretty cool. And there's a lot going on there. So I'm pretty excited. Um, also, man, I'm kind of like unsure about this game because I can't remember. I want to say this is like a thirty dollar game or a forty dollar game. It's not a. Full... It's not sixty. Yeah. Right. Okay. That's what I thought too. Um, I'm down for that too. I really liked how they did that with the last Dishonored game when they put it out at like thirty dollars. I mean, it was kind of like you know three quarters of the size of the previous Dishonored. So I'm imagining that'll be a similar kind of case here, where this is maybe a little bit shorter campaign than the previous two Wolfenstein games. Um, but I'm all about that. Um, give me a game for thirty bucks, dude. Sure. That I know You're playing a game with BJ's twin daughters, like it's so awesome. Like yeah, so that's oh. the, that's the next thing I'm pretty hyped for is that yeah you're we're, we're you know we're using a new character and if you play the previous two games it's uh, actually uh, that would be a spoiler but basically we need a new character to play as kind of yeah more or less, I mean could be for a number of reasons but yeah we need new characters and I think that that'll freshen it up too anyway as cool as BJ was um, yeah I'm pretty hyped to get to be able to play as, as as new characters and like yeah twin daughters like that's pretty sweet. Um, and yeah, same kind of thing here. Like, like I said with Doom, though, I don't necessarily want them to like reinvent the wheel here uh, with with Youngblood. I'm cool if they just you know keep a get a new refreshing story going in that world with what else is going on and you know more crazy over the top characters and, and more of that same awesome gameplay that they had. So yeah, same kind of thing. Like I'm I'm ready for that game too, man. I'm 2019 is is shaping up. I. I really hope that the emphasis in this game is on like killing a variety. So I hope there's like a ton, like a ton of gun options. But I also would love if we, because um, you don't really do this a whole lot in Wolfenstein, but like get in vehicles and kill people with vehicles. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. that'd be like an interesting flair that wouldn't like drastically depart from what we expect from Wolfenstein, but it'd give it enough of a new flavor to make it feel like its own thing. I think some like vehicular stuff. Um, I'm interested to see the dynamic between the sisters of like. Do you switch between them? Is this could this be played co-op with somebody else? I remember them mentioning multiplayer, but I don't know to what extent that is. Because um, this is a game you can play through with a friend. That'd be really interesting. Uh, and then it yeah. begs the question: if they do the way a way out model, where like if I buy it, can I invite you to play it with me? Um, you know what I mean? Just like a friend. That it, could be cool too. Yeah. It's interesting to see which game's gonna hit early because like Doom's 2016 came out in I want to say May. Somewhere around there, May, June-ish? Yeah, it, was, it was May. It was May? Um, June, so it's, yeah. it's going to be interesting to see where Doom Eternal comes out this year. Um, and also, uh, Wolfenstein, 
um, I, I think one of those will probably be early year, one will be late year, but it's hard to... I would love if Doom Eternal took up like that uh, July-August slot that we always yeah. see like a drought in. That'd be great. That'd be mm-hmm, super down. Definitely. Yeah. What's next? Next? Uh, this is where it gets tough and where I'm splitting hairs. So I'm going to say next is Sekiro. Okay. My bad, my bad, my bad, my bad. Sekiro. Sekiro. Um, <clears throat> Jared, I'm sure you'll talk about it too, but like from software, Miyazaki, I mean – when they announced Bloodborne, like, oh, it's not Dark Souls. It's weird. I don't know. I, I don't know about this guy. It's like, it's, it's a new setting or something. What? I don't know. Like, I don't. Know. And then they absolutely knocked that shit out of the park. So, okay, Sekiro, sec, whoa, smack me upside the head next time I say it. Um, <laughs> Sekiro, like, okay, we're doing this Japanese thing, the samurai thing, um, faster. You know, no health bar, whatever it is. All these new things they're adding, like, okay, this is different. This is weird. This isn't. This isn't Dark Souls. I don't know. I don't know, guys, but. To me, from software has proven that they can do something new and you know convince me and you know show me that I'm gonna freaking love it. So, um, I you know I don't need to be I don't need to see much more. I don't need to be told anything else about this game. I'm just I'm there day one. Like I'm ready for this. It's been a while since uh, since Dark Souls three. I played remastered uh, the the first game remastered this year. So that was a good that was a good you know uh, appetizer I guess for Sekiro in 2019. I said it correctly. Uh, but yeah, Say it I'm like, excited. Uh, if you want to like uh, break your brain into saying it correctly, just say it like a like a hardcore samurai every time. Sekiro, Sekiro. Okay. <laughs> I, I got too into it there. And just but... say the R is a D. The R is a D. Sekiro. Yeah. Oh, 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 that's good. That's good. <laughs> you could be an actor, man. Um. um the thing, the thing with the from software is they haven't let us wrong yet. So exactly, I have faith in them, uh, somewhat to like a, to a blind faith. <laughs> um, yeah. My only concern with this game, and I don't think it's a like, it's not a huge concern. I don't think it'll affect the game in any way. I'm just curious to see how it's going to affect the post-release content, um, mm. and that's that Activision is publishing this, and. Activision has been known to, you know, we talk about the EAs and stuff, but Activision does also do some really sketchy stuff when it comes to microtransactions um, with Call of Duty and how they delay them after reviews, and they just have a track record as well with not, uh, you know, the whole thing with Destiny uh, and being uh, basically getting in arguments with Bungie over the future of Destiny and what it should be in terms of microtransactions. So I'm kind of worried with that, but I do think... From Software wouldn't get in a publishing deal. Miyazaki wouldn't get in a publishing deal if he didn't believe in having absolute control over it. So I think it's just Activision seeing that the studio makes quality games that sell really well. And they're like, we'll publish your next game. Just make it. You know what I mean? I, I don't think yeah. Activision even had the negotiating rights to strong arm them into something they didn't want to do. I think Activision is just like, oh, this is easy money. Let's just publish a From Software yeah. game. So. I'm with you. There, there was a slight concern after seeing, you know, oh, Activision's pulling this shit. That's that's interesting, you know. But yeah. At, yeah, at the end of the day, I'm with you. Where like I trust from software, and I don't, I don't, I don't think that they would ever engage in that kind of deal. That you know, from we're not going to have you money, right? Yeah, we're not going to see like Call of Duty style microtransactions and Destiny style stuff like that uh, in, in Sekiro. I would imagine definitely we'll see some DLC. I think okay. every. Every other FromSoft game has had, you know, good, solid DLC packs. So, 
definitely we should expect to see that, which is cool. I'm, I'm like thinking about being excited for the base game, and here I'm talking about DLC. It's crazy, but yeah, I'm ready for this so much, and I'm with you. Like, I'm at like the point of having a blind faith. But unlike the previous two games I talked about, Doom and Wolfenstein, I do expect a lot of innovative new stuff in this one. Yeah, um, as opposed to Dark Souls and Bloodborne, but I absolutely trust that they can put those mechanics in or whatever it is, um, and that it's gonna be it's gonna work and it's gonna be fun. Um, yeah, I mean, we saw a little bit with that kind of like hookshot uh, gadget. Um, from what they described of your players, like kind of like weird bone arm thing that that connects to, I guess that you'll be able to switch out for other gadgets or something like that. I don't know. The cool thing um, on Xbox, if you pre-order Sekiro, um, you you get the the his arm as like an avatar item, which is super cool. That is cool. Uh, yeah. Yeah, because uh, obviously Xbox had their whole revamp for their avatars, and they kind of look like Pixar characters now. Um, mm. The cool thing with it too is that um, I love the Dark Souls games, but once you know how to play Dark Souls, like it, for us who play Dark Souls 1 and 2, when 3 came out, obviously there are harder bosses and there's some new things you kind of have to get used to, but since we were already accustomed to how to play a Dark Souls game, we were used to, like, it wasn't that hard of an adjustment for us. Bloodborne was kind of a reset in learning how to play a From Software game because it yeah. acts completely different. It's about being aggressive, right? Whereas Dark Souls is about kind of waiting and seeing. I think that this is another step in that of like this is a whole new type of game for From. Obviously, it's rooted in a lot of the same things that they do very well, but we're going to have to learn how to play this game specifically. Like playing it like Bloodborne probably won't work. Playing it like you play Souls probably won't work. You're going to have to play it how you play Sekiro. You know what I mean? We're going to have to learn how to do that. So I'm super excited. That's a good point, too. Yeah. Yeah. So, dude, Sekiro. Jordan, thank you. you. There you go. uh, I think this will lean more on the Bloodborne side of the spectrum, so I'm probably going to enjoy that side more uh, than I would if it were leaning on the soul side. Yeah, it's quicker, um, it definitely. Clearly looks speedier, yeah. And um, also with um, the die twice mechanic, um, it also looks like it's rewarding aggressive play in the same sense that Bloodborne was. Uh, also super excited for the samurai aspect because um, this is probably going to be, well, in a lot of ways it'll probably be more samurai bloodborne than Neo was, um, so because it's made from from. Uh, but I would be remiss if I didn't mention the fact that I'm worried about the lack of RPG elements. Um, yeah. Obviously From's made plenty of games that weren't RPGs and even the Souls Souls is more RPG than Bloodborne. Bloodborne's an action yeah. RPG. It's not a pure RPG. So that isn't uh, devastating. But I will say that um, even the light RPG aspects in Bloodborne were some of my favorite parts um, because the um, areas that you're able to improve with ability points were um, I thought better thought out and more uh, detailed in a good way than um, a lot of games ability point systems are or ability trees so um, we'll see how they handle that like I said I'm not totally turned off by it but it is a bit of a red flag for me so um, this is not something I'm going to be playing day one um, just because I think for me playing Bloodborne mm, eight ten months after it came out I think made the situation a lot more enjoyable for me because 
Um, I get some people really enjoy being part of that conversation with From Software Games where everyone's trying to figure the puzzles out and trying yeah, to figure that's out the shit, man. stuff. It's great if you're, you know, a hardcore motherfucker like you are, <laughs> but uh, when it comes to this stuff, I would rather, uh, you know, I kind of like, when I played Bloodborne, I over-leveled myself just a little bit, not too much, but just a little bit to where it was almost like I was pushing the difficulty level down a little bit. Um, so stuff like that, I kind of like to augment my experience with those types of games uh, because I just don't love getting my key teeth kicked in all the time. I can stand it maybe half the time, but uh, yeah. But Jordan, you're I'll not allowed to play games the way you want. You have to play it the way everyone else does. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> I have to uh, conform, right? But I do think that that'll make the situation more enjoyable for me. And I am a little bit skeptical about uh, how how much I'm going to enjoy the game in general. So uh, we'll see. I'll obviously be uh, listening closely to you guys' opinions to help guide me, but um, excited for it nonetheless. You know, just I think we all have games that we're pretty excited for, you know, maybe even on our top ten, but we're just not, you're not going to play every single game day one. You were just talking about God of War, Jared, and how um, you're totally cool with kind of just playing it at your own pace now that you're not having to worry about spoiler casts and all that. So um, I feel like, obviously, uh, you guys know that I certainly take games and just in, in everything in general at my own pace. So I think that'll be how I played this one, too. But excited nonetheless, like I said. The good thing is this isn't coming out like straight out the gate either this year. It doesn't come out till Mar the end of March, March 22nd, I think. Yeah. So yeah. we have some breathing room to like, okay, now it's out, which is good. Because yeah. it well, used to you be... Know, we, we get tired of not having enough releases in the summer, but, you know, it is good to have lulls at some point because you don't want every month to have a game or two, a giant AAA game that you're dying to play. You know, it's good to have some lulls so that you can play a Sekiro that you uh, missed out on or passed on earlier in the year. Yeah, it is good, Jared. You're right that it comes out in late March because that leaves room for the next game on the list. What is that? Which comes out January 2019, and that is, I think Jordan knows. Yeah, <laughs> he knows a little, a little, a little game which has had a very smooth and quick development cycle. <laughs> Kingdom Hearts Three. I got back on the train this year. It had been a few okay. years since I played Kingdom Cart Kingdom Carts. Kingdom wow. Carts. <laughs> wow. What do you know that I don't? <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I, got, I finally got back and played Kingdom Hearts two, which I had never you know finished when I was a kid. Um, played through Birth by Sleep, and then you know read up on some of the other games, some of the other story that's going on. I think for oh, the most I part, I did not know about you finishing Birth by Sleep. We got we got to talk about that. Oh, not right well. now, but we got to talk about that. Yeah, we'll get back to it because I'll probably uh, – I'm going to keep reading more and watching some YouTube summaries and stuff just to make sure I really you have a grasp to. on the story. You, you got to. I mean, you could play every game twice and still need that, you know. <laughs> yeah. So for the most part, I get what's going on. But, yeah, I definitely want to clear some things up. So maybe Jordan I'll just have a – just spend some time later and we can just talk about, you know, the, the 10 Xehanorts or whatever we want. Uh, <laughs> talk about the power of friendship, you know. You know, my, my friends are my – yeah, power. Okay. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Yeah, dude. So it's. I mean, I don't know how much I want to say about it, uh, Jordan. You, I'm, I'm guessing you have a lot more. But it's Kingdom Hearts three. Like this game has been in the making for one was Kingdom Hearts two, 
come out like 2000 it's a ps2 game so right i think it was you know between 04 06 probably right obviously there's been a lot of sub sub genre subtitle games in between then but like this is kingdom hearts 3 this is it yeah, it's here it's mainly. coming out in january that's like let's just go let's go like let's get hype let's get our keyblades jordan yeah let's ooh, coming to xbox Jared. 2005 by the way on kingdom hearts 2 20, 2005 so 13 years in the making um I mean, probably not all 13 years were spent solely on this game <laughs> development, but... Uh, Three years, and then yeah. they stopped, and then another <laughs> right. five years. And Dom, like, I yeah. guarantee you they went into pre-production in, like, at the latest, 06. So oh, they, yeah, probably. If they, yeah. they may not have been full bore on it, but they were tinkering, man. <laughs> right, yeah. So, I mean, like, let's go. Like, I don't even expect this game to actually be, like, you know, technically phenomenal. I'm sure it's going to have some issues and, like... It might not look the greatest, and some. Of course, there's the campiness, but you might be surprised. Well, in the sense of if you took off the Kingdom Hearts label in the, the character, in the Disney characters, in the Final Fantasy stuff, if you took all that away, and this was just a and new you would IP, literally, this game would not exist. Well, of course, <laughs> but if you just you know had this game, this gameplay and mechanics without all the IP around it, I think it's like a good, like a mediocre to good game. But the fact that it's Kingdom Hearts, you know, and everything else that's going on, like we got Disney characters, we got Donald and Goofy in our party, we got Tarzan, we got Aladdin, like all that, that's what makes it, and it's just this giant grand thing, and I'm just pumped for Kingdom Hearts 3. The, you guys, like, my biggest, so I, have, I have a couple of things I want to say real quick, because I know Jordan's going to say a bit when it gets to his top five anticipated. Um, one, I do think that at, I'm worried in the sense that the last two games we saw with a long development cycle came out and honestly didn't review that well that being final fantasy 15 and the last guardian though yeah. easy allies gave it game of the year that's a whole other conversation um <laughs> but those two games had very long development cycles and they came out and to your point dom they didn't look like games of today right they felt like they were mm-hmm. from a bygone age they felt like they were just stuck in time as they were in their development cycles um and I'm worried for that with Kingdom Hearts 3. I wanted to hit all of the nostalgic notes that people want. I wanted to deliver on what people have been waiting for for 13 plus years. I, I'm i not a pessimist on it, but I wouldn't be surprised if this game comes out to middling reviews. I don't want oh, it to, yeah. and I have hope that it will come out and get great reviews. But I'm setting myself to be okay with that because with Last Guardian Final yeah. Fantasy 15, you know, those came out to middling on reviews. It. And the thing that sucks, yeah. too, so, is that people think that this game might not sell well on Xbox because it's the first time the franchise is coming over. And I don't think Square Enix did themselves any favors not releasing the collection on Xbox. Like, yeah, yeah. I understand people seeing... As much as our generation is super stoked for Kingdom Hearts 3, I could see people that, like, oh, there's Disney characters, cool, but it's a third one. Oh, man, I'm hearing that the story is complicated and you have to, like, kind of play the other ones and kind of, you know, filter through it and figure out what's going on. I don't even have that opportunity as an Xbox gamer. Why would I buy it then? So then that's going to lead to it not selling well on Xbox and then not, then being like, well, then why did we even release it in the first place? And then they say things about it like, well, we want to put all our resources into finishing Kingdom Hearts 3 and then worry about, you know, porting it to Switch later or getting the collection on Xbox later. But it's like, okay, but then why did you spend time getting the collection on PS4 then? A second the time. They really said other things. Right. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, that is weird that they couldn't put that collection out everywhere. That being um, said, I'm yeah. super excited for it. I know that was a lot of, like, negative type of type of uh, discussion there. It's just some worries I have with it. That being said, I'm super stoked to play it, and I can't wait. So, Quick bet, Jared. 
Yeah. Metascore. Metascore. Okay. I do think there's going to be some nostalgia. For PlayStation 4, let's say. For PlayStation 4. Yeah. I think this game will review worse on Xbox because they're going to have the caveat of you not having... I think they'll mention in reviews of like... From a perspective of somebody who doesn't have the opportunity to play the other games, right? Because if you own an Xbox and you're looking at an Xbox One review, you don't really have the opportunity to play the other games, yeah, so you're taking it. That's fair, I think unfortunately. That's, it's going to be Is the worst. Though? Yeah, I 100% think it's fair. I don't. I would have to disagree. I mean, there's. I think there's uh, examples in the opposite direction, and I just don't think you should um, review again. Now... I think it's totally fair to say this game's convoluted. If you didn't play every single spin-off <laughs> game, you're screwed. I totally agree with that. But to say I didn't play the remasters because they weren't on Xbox, so that makes this a worse game. As a reviewer, I think that that is... Um, well, I think I think people who review this game without playing 1 and 2 are going to think it's a less good of a game than people who have played 1 and 2. Yeah, and I think that that's totally fine. Like I said, if you want to talk about how convoluted it is, you that's what I that's what I meant. Everybody. I didn't mean I didn't mean necessarily because it wasn't on Xbox. I meant yeah. as in because Xbox players have never played one and two, their perspective is going to be people who are just jumping into three. You know what I mean? Sure. Not that the remaster yeah. didn't come out on Xbox. Um, sure. Metacritic score. But I do think Metacritic. on PlayStation, I do think there's going to be some people that are just like. I think there's going to be even people on PlayStation who review this game who didn't play one or two. Obviously, that's not every outlet because outlets want to get people who know Kingdom Hearts, right? So I have to take that into account of, like, there's going to be some people in there that are mixed reviewers. I would say, at best, I think it's going to be 88. Oh, um, shit. And I think, at worst, it'll probably settle around, like, 79. It's hard for me to go below 80. I would say... 79 at its low. So between 79 and 88, I think, is where it was. So when you That's said middling, middling scores, I was thinking, you know, mm. seven to, 70 to 80 would be the Metacritic score if I was thinking middling. Yeah. But you and I are actually closer than I thought because I think it's going to settle somewhere in the 80s. I'd say, you know, 85. Obviously, that's a pretty standard number, but I think that that's where it'll be. I I'm say, thinking like 70s. I'm thinking like 76 or so is where it's going to land. I think it pulls in. It's going to pull in, like, one or two sixes, you know, from... <clears throat> obviously, it's probably, like, pulling a five or something from, like, what's fucking nuts, Jimquisition or whatever. But for the most part, I think I think you're going to get, like, you know, your your sevens and eights. And so it'll come out to an average. I think 83 is, is what, what my bet is. If you told yeah. me pick a specific number, I'd go 83. Would be yeah. what I'm going to go 77. Wow. Wow. I, I think that this is just a higher quality game. Uh, looking at the gameplay that I've seen, then um, you know some of the other stuff that's taken longer, like uh, Final Fantasy XV or Last Guardian, um, they're not doing themselves any favors. I don't think the quality of the game, the true quality of the game, is actually being represented in the trailers that they're showing. Man, the trailers are bad without the like bullshit the... <laughs> with the. <laughs> pulling out the sound effects it's a Oof. very japanese thing where they just like having the voiceover but it's ridiculous and it's boneheaded and it's ancient yeah and they are selling this game so fucking short with that garbage so um but i do think that the quality is there i think that the um the combat is looking fantastic 
and it's running well. Um, I think that the, you know, it has been a long ass motherfucking journey for this thing and watching it uh, step by step as I have been, there are a lot of improvements that they've made that you don't see, or I at least I haven't seen with some of these other games that have been on the pipeline for so long, Final Fantasy, Last Guardian, even stuff like uh, Persona 5, which is a PS3 game that's just up res for PS4. That's not what this is. This game would never run on the PS3. Um, and I think that there's some, you know, you can look at videos where people have done comparisons of like uh, demos that they were doing for E3 or Tokyo Game Show a couple years ago. And then this 2.8 uh, prologue that a lot of people, you know, make fun of because it's got such a goofy name. That was actually them, you know, putting stuff out with the uh, Aqua level, the 0.2 uh, part, where that's really kind of them doing like a PS4 demo that actually has some story in it. And so um, I've seen plenty of comparisons where the character models look ten times better than they used to. The lighting structure is way better. The environments, they've improved quite a bit over this long dev cycle, which is what you want to see as opposed to um, some of the other games I've mentioned that just... Um, they were just finishing it. They weren't even, you know, improving. So, I, th I think they've, I think they've really done this game a great disservice as far as displaying the level of quality. So I totally understand you guys' as, uh, um, you know, trepidation and some of those trepidation in some of those areas. But I do think that uh, once the game comes out, uh, you and the rest of the industry are going to see that the quality of the game is a lot higher than they were actually showing, unfortunately. I think all three of us are going to love the game, honestly. I think all three of us will really enjoy it. I'm just... Definitely. From the critical standpoint of as many different reviewers there are out there, I think there might be some people who get performance bugs in their build, and then that leads to a not-so-great review. You know what I mean? There could be people that uh, don't like the the VO. You know what I mean? I think there's a couple of things that could lead towards it being some mixed reviews. I, I'm not with Dom on it being high 70s. I think low 80s is more realistic for me, but we'll see what happens. Go ahead and talk some shit about Jesse McCartney and uh, Haley Joel Osment's <laughs> voice acting boys. Uh, Dom, All what's, right. your, what's your last most <laughs> You guys ready? So, courtesy of the Game Awards, we have my most anticipated game, 2019. I'm getting really animated right now because that's how goddamn excited I am for this. They're calling it Outer Worlds. Or is it The Outer Worlds? The Outer Worlds, You're yeah. number the... fucking one, huh? Let's go. Jordan, I'm going to tell you why right now. I don't know what's going on with me right now. I'm, I'm nuts. Sell All it. Right. <laughs> so, Obsidian. Our boys at Obsidian. Again, not our personal friends, but I love them. They make great games in the past, including the best Fallout game, Fallout New Vegas. Agreed. Yep. In this game, after watching the trailer they put out and about 50 minutes of gameplay from Game Informer, this, to me... This is Fallout New Vegas in a different setting and, you know, Absolutely. newer. Absolutely. I got that vibe so fucking hard. Yeah. I mean, this is just directly, it looks like, oh, we're going to make Fallout New Vegas. We're going to put it somewhere else. We're going to put it in space on different space planets. Planets are just planets, not space planets. <laughs> you know what I mean. Um, space planets. We have, like, the, the facial animations that kind of, like, don't look great, but that's what I love about them in New Vegas, and that's kind of extended here, even though the character models look better. You know, the pre-rendered one looked nice with the old guy. That one actually. That one good. did. Yeah. Yeah. Some of the in-game stuff, and you'll see it when you watch the gameplay. Um, it, it's got that weird robot kind of look going on, but but I, I mean, I'm jank. into that. Yeah. Yeah. 
granted, like the textures and everything look way better than obviously what New Vegas had, but it's still that same feeling. And you get the dialogue choices where like you get to choose between five things you're gonna say in parentheses. It's like you know, lie or trick or you know, sarcastic type of stuff. Um, but it's you can tell like it, it's done how it was done in New Vegas and not how it was done in Fallout Four, which was to me I. I and Fallout 4 it was absolute kind of a joke, um, and I prefer the the older, more you know PC RPG kind of style that they had in New Vegas, and that's that's what you can feel coming across in in this game. Watching the gameplay is, it's got that that old school like PC CRPG or whatever kind of you know the choices matter. You can do whatever the heck you want. Um, they showed in the trailer, you know, like you just kind of your the player just kind of shoots someone, um, an NPC, and the other NPCs kind of respond with like, well, "You didn't need to do that, but you know what? You can do whatever you want." Kind of reemphasizing. Uh, be you. They presented that. Yeah. 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 Be you. Yeah. Was the quote. Yeah. So like, they're getting that point across like heavily. Like, yeah, this is the kind of game it is. Like, this is this is an extension of New Vegas, and you know, all over the trailer, it's you know, from the creators of Fallout. Um, and the other games they've done before are also like heavy RPG type games. I'm trying to think of the other big one. They did Stick uh, of Truth. Uh... Stick of Truth. Um, there's a PC one though. That's like, do they do Divinity was... or Pillars? Yeah, one it's of those. Pillars, I can't right? remember. Yeah, I think it's Pillars. Yeah, but yeah. So um, it, the game looks really good graphically. I know I was kind of harping on like the the character models talking or whatever look goofy, but graphically it looks phenomenal. They have a lot of a lot of cool colors, and it's, that sounds weird, but when you watch it, you'll see what I'm talking about. Like the color palette is really, really. Uh, I don't know. Nice to look at. I guess fleshed um, out. The locations are really cool. They took they show a few different environments. Um, the story seems like it might be. I mean, we'll see. Um, the over like the main story. I'm like, eh, we'll see. Got kind of got that thing of like, oh, corporations control everything. You know, seems kind of like stereotypical. But where where New Vegas excelled in its story, and I hope the same kind of thing happens here, is like it, it can branch in a lot of different ways. And you can do a lot of different things, and you really are shaping the story. It's not telltale where you're just reacting a little differently. You and at least if it's like New Vegas, and I'm crossing my fingers, it will be in this sense again. You can actually choose, like, well, I'm gonna work with these guys and take over the whole place, or I'm gonna work with these guys and take it over in a different kind of way, or I'm gonna just blow it all up, or whatever it is. Um, I have a question for what you. What you do is the story. So yeah, what's up? Uh, I haven't seen the 20 minute gameplay. I'm also super excited. Uh, this was high on my list too. I'm not gonna mention it in mine just because I don't want to be redundant. Um, but the question I had for you with the gameplay, is there a robot character in it so far that you saw? Because remember, Fallout New Vegas, your buddy uh, was a big character in that. And any sci-fi story, like you look at Futurama, uh, even Star Wars, like some of the best parts are those like robot companions. Was there anything mm-hmm. in that in the gameplay at all? I don't think not companion-wise. Um, there was definitely a robot. It was an NPC. Okay. But there are there are talking robots. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. There, Talking mm. robots confirmed, Jared. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like ninety ninety percent sure that there was a robot. There's gonna NPC. be a fucking talking robot. Yeah, I can yeah. I mean, there has to be. Yeah, but no, that's worth asking because like that's that was yeah. a lot, the cool part of New Vegas too was that that robot NPC, and then you actually find out later one of the robots is or all the robots I think were control. Spoilers for Fallout New Vegas. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. All the a lot of the robots were controlled by one. You know deteriorating guy in this fucking tube yeah the crazy thing is this can lead to a multitude of different things so when the outer wilds comes out which it's slated for 2019 like we got the announcement at the game awards it's coming out next year uh the outer the outer worlds what did i say wilds Wilds. that's actually another game that's a survival game on pc so i keep getting confused 
Um, the the thing with this is that we were talking about what does this do for uh, Microsoft? Like, does Microsoft greenlight the sequel if this does well? Um, do they have them work on something else alongside uh, Outer Wilds 2? Outer Worlds 2, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Be like, prepared for me joking? to make that mistake a lot. Uh, it, 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 looks, it looks really cool. It's one of my favorite reveals of the Game Awards. Um, I'm right there with you. I'm super excited. This studio, the crazy thing, same thing with Ninja Theory, is that these studios are studios that were really close to closing, like even Obsidian. And for them to come out with a game like this with a budget, it could turn everything around for them. And that's huge because there's so many creative people that are on the brink of not being able to do what they love because of the business side of things. And um, though there's, you know, there's you can bring up negative arguments for Microsoft purchasing these studios or even like Activision using Private Eye, their indie publishing house, to do this stuff because, you know, they're kind of you know, c corporations could be evil. I do think it gives light to these creative possibilities for these studios that are on the brink of closure. So. I'm just so hyped, man. Like, this is what I wanted out of Fallout 4 and Fallout 76 that, that, that you know, that those games didn't do. They're still great games, but, um, the, is Fallout the stuff, 76 great? Yeah, I'm gonna, I call it great. I love it. We haven't talked that much, actually, you and I, Jordan, but yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm liking 76 quite a bit, but, but this game, Outer Worlds, looks like what I really wanted, and it, it has everything that made me, that makes me think New Vegas is the best Fallout. That's what this game appears to be doing. So that's I'm just ready for this different setting. It's not going to have that same, you know, old school '50s, uh, you know, frozen in the '50s type thing that Fallout games have. But it's got its own goofy charm um, and you know things going on. So I'm just ready for this. Uh, it's been too long. I've been wanting this game for a while, even though I didn't, you know, I didn't have a name for it or whatever. Didn't but know you wanted it. Right. Well, I, I mean, I knew I wanted this. To me, is like the proper sequel to New Vegas. So that's what I knew I wanted. I didn't know what it would look like necessarily, but I knew the kind of the core mechanics I wanted. And this I is it. A game just like that on my list. Well, the crazy so. thing is, this is the first time the the Fallout co-creators are working together like in twenty years or something crazy, because they created oh, Fallout together and then they did another game and then they split off forever, and now they're back together for this. So that was the other game, the original Fallout they created. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jordan, now for your top five. Now that we got Dom's out yeah, of the way. Yeah. So. I'll just bridge right over to uh, the game I, ju I was just hinting at, which is Hades. By, Supergiant's uh, new game. Supergiant. Yeah, so this is like mm -hmm. kind of like what you were saying, Tom. You knew that you wanted it, but you just didn't know exactly what it was going to be. And um, this is uh, seemingly, Jared and I were talking about, it looks like a roguelike spiritual successor to Transistor uh, with more fantasy as opposed to sci-fi elements. And... My goodness, I really enjoyed Pyre, and it was definitely an experimental game. This looks like it's going back towards a uh, more traditional Supergiant approach, um, especially with it being so close to Transistor in uh, DNA, we would say. Um, so yeah, there's not too much to say other than the fact that I absolutely love Transistor and Supergiant, and... Um, I, they're one of those studios that I am just going to be floored if they ever don't nail something because I can really appreciate whether it's a video game studio or a comic book writer or a filmmaker, but somebody knows what they're good at, what their wheelhouse is, and they just go in there and fucking nail that shit. Like Quentin Tarantino's a great example of that. Um, 
you know kind of what you're going to get. It might be something more akin to a stage play, like Hateful Eight with Tarantino. It might be um, something just more balls to the wall like he's known for, like Inglorious Bastards, but you know that you're going to get something solid. You know that you're going to get something um, with that specific style of Supergiant, of Tarantino, whoever it might be. And so I can appreciate uh, studios especially that that know what they're good at, that know how to nail it, and continue to do that. Even if they are getting a little more experimental with something like Pyre, um, it's still within their wheelhouse, and I love it when people play to their strengths, I guess is the best way to put that whole point. So, I w- very excited. I wish PlayStation had a Game Pass-like service, because um, Supergiant's games, they don't. it's not that they don't sell well, but I would love to just have their games be in as many hands as possible, because I do think Absolutely. they make quality games. And this would be a great game to like be the poster child. Like their game specifically would be great poster childs for a PlayStation like subscription service. Obviously, they have well, PlayStation now, but you know something more akin to Game Pass. They are truly indie, independent games, but yeah. they have such a great polish, and they are so tightly made that uh, it wouldn't be you know too much of a stretch for someone who's never really played those type of games to get into it. Yeah. Um, so they did yeah. Bastion, right? Yeah, Bastion, Bastion Transistor, Transistor, Pyre, Pyre, Hades. All great critically reviewed games. They don't make bad yes. games. Yep. Yeah, they do, they they don't make good games. They only make great games, and uh, that's something that I can really respect respect too in various forms of media. When someone, you know, there's, I like to use the example of like Eminem's a great rapper, definitely one of the best of all time but he's also released a multitude of garbage albums. Whereas opposed to Kendrick Lamar is a great rapper, one of the best of all times, and he's never released an album that wasn't at least great. So I hold him in a higher regard because I'd rather you release less Consistency. stuff, less stuff, all killer, no filler, than more stuff and you're just throwing darts. So, also a great album, by the way. All Killer No Filler, Sum 41. <laughs> yeah. Moving on. <laughs> yeah. Another another artist who never released anything that wasn't absolutely spectacular. <laughs> and no, stop releasing. Cool. Yeah. I love Sum 41. Um, yeah. What's your next game, Jordan? Number two. So, um, I will go ahead and talk about uh, Kingdom Hearts 3. Just add a couple little points onto that one. Because uh, you know it's got to be on my list. It's definitely high up there, even though I don't have an order um, or a non-order like Dom. Had. But, uh, <laughs> a non-order order, yeah. Yeah, um, but yeah, man. I think of all the shit that people love to make Kingdom Heart- make fun of Kingdom Hearts for, that's the shit that I think the hardcore fans really love about it. Um, yeah. And so that's why uh, cult classic films are cult films because they speak to a certain type of person or a certain group of people and it resonates with them on a much deeper level because it's not trying to be mass appeal as much it's not trying to to win the hearts of every single person that it possibly can and so it makes it more special in that sense and i think kingdom hearts is a great example of that where they're not it's they're mainstream games because they have two gigantic franchises crossing over, but at the same time, they're not afraid to say, hey, if you don't feel like being on this crazy train, 
then go ahead and hop off. It's okay. It's no harm, no foul. But we're about to get weird in here if you guys want to party. <laughs> and the train's taken off. So um, I really enjoy that. And I think that this game specifically, that might be what I'm most excited for because it's going deep into that fucking lore. We're going to get the Xehanort answers because this is the end of the Xehanort saga. We're going to get, uh, unfortunately, uh, Leonard Nimoy who is the uh, voice actor for Xehanort is no longer with us. Um, but I won't go into spoilers. It's There's um, other actors that can play him because he's inhabited other bodies, so it's not uh, the end of the world as far as that logistical issue. Uh, but moving on from that, um, you know, they're clearly digging deep into the Organization 13 stuff. Um, and they're you know, we're going to get some answers about uh, the connections between Sora, Roxas, and then the group from Birth by Sleep, Aquaterra Ventus. Um, so, yeah, I'm very excited about that. I'm so fucking pumped that uh, this is a mainline Kingdom Hearts game with Aqua, who's my favorite fucking character in the series. Um, I'm glad that she's going to be all up in this. Um, and, yeah... I'm glad that the whole fucking gang's gonna be around. You're gonna have Kyrie and Sora and Riku reuniting. They're all gonna be Keyblade Masters, Dom, because, you know, that hasn't Let's always go. been the case. So Let's it's like go. all of this shit is coming together. Um, and if you have played the series, you know, more power to you. If you haven't, then just, you know, check some YouTube videos out or whatever. I think that the lore is deep and crazy and people enjoy it because it is interesting it is fun it is cool like the concept of a nobody is ridiculous but it's also fucking cool that like when you lose your heart and turn into a heartless if your heart is strong enough then you'll it'll create this like um almost like distorted version of you and that's just a cool fucking concept and kingdom hearts is filled with shit like that i mean dom Keyblade. 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 Did you yeah. hear the word that I just said? It's Who thought awesome. of that? It's genius. It's awesome. Keys are little tiny swords that we carry around to open doors. It's cool as shit. So there's a lot of dope shit in Kingdom Hearts, and I love that they're going full bore with it. And so, um, you know, sometimes, yeah, when you've got this cult following, when you've got this series or franchise that has been crazy all these years, Sometimes you just gotta fucking roll with it, and that's that's what I'm glad to see them doing here. So, Kingdom Hearts three, baby. Let's go. Let's go. Next up. Um, next up. Let's see. See, I got some surprises in here, boys. I got a couple surprises, um, and so I'm gonna give one one to you now, Dom. Tell me if this is surprising you. The Last of Us Part Two. But yeah, because it's not confirmed for 2019. So, well, okay. That is surprising. <laughs> assuming. Assuming. Okay. I am so pumped for The Last of Us Part Two, And I don't think that... I think I would be surprised, um, you know, if you brought uh, me from two years ago into the future. And, of course, I, I would have... Um, well, I guess it was announced by then. But even before the game was announced, you know, we knew this was probably going to happen. They had, unfortunately, uh, dropped the the ball on talking about it a couple times but uh, 
the latest game that uh, Naughty Dog has released, Uncharted Lost Legacy, is my favorite Uncharted game. It's my favorite game uh, since they stopped making Jack games, Jack and Daxter games. And it is fantastic on so many different levels. And, um, you know, they've I do feel like they've finally got the shooting and combat to a point where I can... I can deal with it without, like, you know, hitching a can fucking deal the entire way. You can well, deal I mean, with I've, it. I, I've played the original trilogy twice now. I, I replayed through the entire trilogy of Uncharted when uh, the games came out on PS4, and I also went through uh, the Vita game at that time, uh, Golden Abyss. Mm. And, uh, yeah, I just don't think that it's, you know, serviceable at best, which is the is not where you want to be. You want to be serviceable at, at the very, very least. Um, but yeah, I think those games are serviceable at best when it comes to combat, and, and the last couple games they've improved, you know. But uh, I'm very excited to see what they do, and then that's, you know, just talking really about the gameplay, I think that, you know, clearly the Naughty Dog is, we've talked about this, is at the top of the game when it comes to character animation, story, um, voice acting, they get some of the best voice actors in the world, so... Um, the direction of the games, they fucking know how to nail that shit, and so you know that you're gonna be told an incredible story. And now that the gameplay is at least to a point where I think it's bearable, then um, I think you know that gets me excited. Um, and I've said this before, but Naughty Dog is has always been one of my favorite studios, and um, is a gigantic reason them and Jack and Daxter the Precursor Legacy are a gigantic reason why I'm such a big gamer so uh, definitely excited for this and then also just the fact that what we've seen really does look like um, it feels really fucking fresh and new and some of the the tiny little stuff that um, you know we do appreciate in games that looks like they're really um, pushing that forward and nailing that too so the Last of Us, I'm surprised in myself that I'm uh, this this excited for it, but uh, I, I think it's going to be something special in a different sense than The Last of Us 1 was, because The Last of Us 1 is special in a lot of ways that you know people enjoy some of the firsts that it was, it was doing, and this is more about refinement and making those things even better, so... Um, that and also the fact that I cannot watch the E3 demo even though the surrounding elements were goofy but once they actually got into The Last of Us <laughs> finally and were looking at uh, this you know dance scene and kind of their town hall sort of thing that they've built um, and then it goes into this really dark scene uh, where Ellie's having to just you know destroy these people and then it comes back and just emotionally gut-wrenching. I cannot watch that demo without crying. I've, I've watched it multiple times, and, and I've mentioned, you know, I've never even come close to crying for a video game, and this is not even the actual fucking game. So, uh, The Last of Us Part Two, I think, has a special place in my heart. Best video game kiss so far. Like, the, the realism of it. Oh, my God. You know, there's no, like, weird clipping oh on the gosh. lips or anything. And it's, I, I don't know if I told this story or not, I think I might have, but I remember watching a behind the scenes 
this is not a, a joke. I watched uh, like you know some of the behind the scenes stuff that they had for Jack X Combat Racing after I beat it, and there's a kiss at the end of that game in the final cutscene, and they talked about how you know we had them facing away from the camera, so you're looking at the back of one of the characters' heads, so that they're blocking each other's lips because it just they couldn't do it at the time on the PS2, and obviously we've come a long way since then, but. It's funny to watch that whole step-by-step -step process of one of your favorite studios over the years. I really enjoy doing that. So This game would easily be on my list, too. I just don't think it's coming out this year. Yeah, <laughs> it's <same> here. <laughs> yeah, I think it's... For me, I see spring 2020, but it would easily make my list. So I'm glad you're shooting for the... And that's shooting for the moon, but you yeah. believe that it's coming out this year. It's a good choice to have on the list. There, What's your... there might be another game on my list that's like that. I'm just saying my most anticipated games, I guess you could say. You know, yeah. What's your um, number that, four? That have a chance of being out in 2019. So Death Stranding, highly, highly anticipated from me, doesn't have a chance of being released in 2019, so it's not on this list. What's your... You got two more, right? I think that was number three. That was number three. So... Uh, da, 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 da. So... No surprise here. Well, not no surprise, but not really a surprise. Pokemon 2019. I think that, you know, uh, I, I'm not a hardcore Pokemon fan. Uh, Jared, I would consider you in that realm, but I am. Oh not yes, very much there. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I am a uh, hardcore appreciator of Pokemon, a hardcore lover of Pokemon, because, um, just like I was saying with Naughty Dog and getting me into video games, Pokemon is the same not only with video games, but also with anime alongside Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z. So Pokemon played a huge role in my life. Um, another little story, I got uh, Pokemon Red and a Game Boy Color uh, before I could even read when I was like four years old. And so I was playing Pokemon Red just like reading one out of every ten words like Pokemon literally helped me learn how to read just because I wanted to understand it that badly and I wanted to play it that badly I was enjoying it that much that, that is I, a good story I pushed myself it's cool uh, and then it has a sad ending because I was a four year old who probably shouldn't have had a Game Boy Color at that point and left it out in the rain so um, that was sad it, it destroyed that uh, like teal Game Boy and Pokemon Red but it was okay because I got the um translucent uh, purple oh that thing's pokemon, awesome pokemon blue later on yeah me and my brother had the same one so it, it turned out for the best in the end and by that time i could actually fucking read so i was actually enjoying <laughs> the game a lot more uh anyways pokemon has a very very special place in my heart whether it's the anime the games what the fuck ever and um you know i've been in and out of the game series uh, once it got to DS, I would say I was in and out. Before then, I was playing everything. But, uh, yeah, I think this is the first one that I've been excited about since then, since the Game Boy Advance days. Uh, truly anticipating. Truly talking about getting it day one. Um, now, I'm hoping and praying to the great Lord Xenu that Pokemon Go is them getting the shit out. They're, they're like... They're detoxifying, right? I hope that it's not emblematic of what we're looking at because the more I experience Pokemon Go, whether it's you know footage or people talking about it, pictures, let's whatever, go. screenshots. Uh, let's go. Thank you. Not just yeah. Pokemon Go. Uh, let's go on the Switch. Holy God, that is an abomination. 
Um, <laughs> to catch wild Pokemon, you just tap at them until you get lucky. The animations, the character designs, the, the art uh, direction is so bland and so, like, basic HD Nintendo that it's just it's close to puke-worthy. Um, there's so much about that game that is just a cash grab, um, and it has the absolute bare minimum amount of true Pokemon in there to where people will uh, actually be drawn to it. Now, I know Talk about a nostalgia play. That... <laughs> oh, my God. And that's another thing, Jared. I, I will go to my grave being upset at Nintendo for remaking Red and Blue in this fucking style. Um, even if they did, you know, three more remakes throughout my 300 years on this earth that were amazing. They're not going to make up for this. This is uh, devastating, to be quite honest. Um, so I do. I know it sounds like hyperbole, but like the longer we go with Pokemon Let's Go, the, the worse I feel about it, the more upset I get. The, this is funny. You guys will appreciate this. The less I'm able to keep my mouth shut when people are talking about it around me, I'll just straight up say, like, that game's an abomination, and let me tell you why. Which, usually, I would just be like, nice guy, like, they're enjoying this game, don't ruin it for them, just be cool. But, like, it gets worse and worse to where now I'm just like, even people that I'm not that, like, close with, I'm just like, dude, that shit is fucked, let me tell you. (laughs) Jordan, the good thing is, in some recent interviews, the Pokemon company has actually been talking about this. And they were basically saying that Pokemon Switch in 2019 is meant for people who have been with Pokemon for a long time. And they're yeah. basically saying that they, they want to stay true to what those fans want. And basically that they heard from their core demographic when Let's Go was announced that this wasn't the game they wanted. And here's it, that's, it was such a huge precedent that whenever a new Pokemon game is announced, or like a new generation, they've never right. announced future titles. Literally ever. Yeah. When Let's Go was announced, it was the first time in the history of the company they were like, no, Switch Pokemon Switch is coming out in 2019. That's the first time they've ever done that. Ever. Yeah. So I do yeah. think they they're... Know, they know what they're doing. Yeah. Um, I'm going to jump in here with you because this was going to be on my list. Once again, I, like I said, sure. I don't want to... I want to have different titles when I go just for the sake of diversity. Um, Absolutely. But I, I'm excited for it. I don't think... Like I've explain to you guys i don't think this is the leap people are expecting like the dramatic leap i think that could happen in the next title on switch i do think this will have improvements based on the performance capabilities of the switch and i do think there's going to be a lot of core stuff that people want from a traditional pokemon game i think we're reverting back to gyms again obviously in sun and moon they got rid of that um i Um, I do think there's going to be... I think what this game will feature, even more so than previous titles, is an expansive uh, post-launch... Sorry, uh, post-game story. Um, I think there's going to be maybe a different territory or something big happening at the end. Um, And they've been leaning towards that, right, Jared? You would know better than I. They've been getting to that point, right? Because they know that that the post-game for Pokemon is a big deal. Yeah, without going on it for too long, um, the post-game in Sun and Moon features uh, ra- the Rainbow Rocket team, which is basically Team Rocket from the future, and you go to different dimensions. They come from different dimensions where... Um, this is like, real, though. Yeah, where uh, Team... So, you know, in uh, Generation 2, there was Team Magma and Team uh, Aqua, right? Yeah, yeah. Fire and, fire and Water. They come from dimensions where they actually won, so we're like where... 
Kyogre and Groudon like destroy the Earth or whatever. Um, and they tell you about that stuff, and they're from alternate dimensions, basically where the Pokemon hero you didn't win, they did, and you fight them and you talk to them and stuff like that. Um, honestly, I would not be surprised. And I don't want to, get, want to get people's hopes up, but I would not be surprised if at the end of this new Pokemon Switch game, in the post game, you get to go to Kanto. I would not be surprised because in Sun and Moon, they made such a big point to make it known that your character is from Kanto. And that you're on in Alola yeah. uh, for uh, vacation and stuff like that. And they're tying it all back to Kanto. Um, now, I don't know if you'll necessarily go to the region of Kanto. There might be like an area that's like Kanto themed or something. But I do think this game will feature extensive post-game stuff. Um, yeah. And I just, I don't need the Breath of the Wild evolution yet. I just want to see evolution on the Switch. I want to be like, oh, yeah. this, is, this game couldn't be made on the 3DS. This could only be made on the Switch. Yeah. That's all I'm asking for, a bare nice. minimum. You know, this would be a perfect world. I get that they had to cash grab on Pokemon Go to this over to the Switch. But it would have been nice if that was the game we were getting this year, was like a red and blue remake that's an actual fucking Pokemon game that <laughs> is not the giant leap forward like you're talking about, but is kind of just like setting the baseline for a Switch Pokemon. And then next year or a year and a half later, we get... The true big bang crazy upgrade yeah i have a question for you totally dom new gym. It, uh, it's a two-part question one are you interested in this game at all and two what would you, they need to show for you to be interested in it all i, I i'm interested that's kind of where i as far as i go just you know some interest i guess yeah um for me what what the problem is i i lost or i i dropped off pokemon way way earlier than jordan did yeah red and blue actually i think i had yellow I don't know. Either way, and then silver, gold, and crystal, and then I was done after that entirely. And it just kind of it never came back to me as wanting to necessarily get back into it. Um, I was excited for Let's Go initially because it was a remake, red and blue, yellow, yeah. right? <laughs> so that's what I wanted. So like at first, and, and then you know, upon finding out more what it is, like okay, never mind. I'm not into that kind of gameplay. So what I would want out of these games, and it's just not going to happen, is you know. It's, Basically, that that remake that I didn't get with Let's Go is I want something that is simpler. There's way less Pokemon. Uh, you know, we're going back to the, it's just not. They're just that's not what they're doing. They're going to make something bigger and more. And you know, stuff. yeah. Well, actually, quick quick mini bet here, Jared. Are they going to pull what was it, black and white, where you couldn't do anything except for like the original 151 until after you beat the game? Uh, I wouldn't be surprised. So here's the thing. That good point because I was actually going to bring this up. So I want to keep this succinct because we're running long, so I want to get through this pr pretty quickly. So, Dom, to catch you up, the first generation and black and white are the only generations where they released 150 new Pokemon, or at least close to that, right? All the other generations okay. are between, like, 80 and 100, if that. Some of them are even, like, 55, right? New Pokemon. So many. Black and White is argued to have the best story outside of, like, the first two generations of games, right? Because it's specifically tying the story of that region, and there's so many Pokemon in it, and it feels like a reboot for Pokemon in a weird way. Um, okay. That's why they made Black and White 2. Um, I, I do think there's a strong ch chance, Jordan, that this is another quote-unquote reboot in the sense of, like, I think we're going to have a bunch of new Pokemon. I, I think we're going to have a, a good story. I think that's going to be the focus. 
the thing though with Switch is that there's so many people who haven't been around with the Nintendo consoles or even handhelds for a while that are buying a Switch because they're they're basically going to the franchises that people have loved and making good versions of them, right? Mario Party hasn't been yeah. good in a while, they got back to good, so on and so forth. I wouldn't be surprised if somehow, some way the original one fifty one are part of marketing or the game in some interesting way. Because I do think they want to still pull in the DOMs of like, oh yeah, you haven't played Pokemon in forever and you want something to tie into the original 151. I do think they understand that. Um, so I do think there will be some weird tie in there. Um, and I do That's think, what I need. You're, yeah. you're, that's you the know, answer to your question. Now that I think about it, it's like, it doesn't even make sense to make red and bl- a red and blue remake for Let's Go because... Well, technically yellow, trying- but yeah. Yeah, yeah. Same but, thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> close enough still definitely a difference i'm glad you mentioned that yeah um but what i'm saying is is like the people you're trying to get are the casuals that just got in on pokemon go and now you're like trying to bring them over so it's like i guess you're also trying to hit the hardcore audience and make them play let's go but i don't understand like those people that you know their first pokemon game was pokemon go on their phone they're not going to recognize, oh, this is a yellow remake, and I'm so excited to be well, playing with the you know, OG 151 and all that. It doesn't even make you sense. have to realize a lot of Pokemon Go players were the Doms who hadn't played since Red and Blue, and they're like, yeah, oh, it's a Pokemon game where I can catch the original 151, and that's Every how they got Every time you that. say the Doms, I think of like the <laughs> Dominance, like some BDSM shit. <laughs> oh, jeez. Okay. Um, a bunch of Doms came in, and they were just playing Pokemon. Some people are worried about this, but I'm actually excited because I think this means there will be a clear delineation between the franchises. I think Let's Go will continue to be a sub-franchise. I think we'll see Let's Go two other cute Pokemon. And I think it's going to be... continues. But I do think having that sub-franchise means that it's less likely that that, those mechanics will invade the mainline stuff. I'm not saying they won't. Don't let it leak over. Yeah. Um, It's weird because, like... Pokemon is already baby's first RPG, and they most almost every hardcore almost every hardcore Pokemon fan wants it to be more difficult. You know, we want there yeah. to be more of a challenge, or at least the option of there being a harder difficulty. So this game was a hard out just on the basis of like, oh, it's easier than that. Gets rid of the whole yeah. fun of catching wild Pokemon. There's like a lot of issues with it or catching in general. Um, yeah, I'm excited for Pokemon on Switch. We're probably going to get the announcement uh, in, you know, March, April-ish. They usually do their Pokemon announcements around then. Super excited. Um, What's your last game, Jordan? That number one anticipated, boy. That number one. And you know what? We're getting a lot of Samurai games right now. You think Ghost of Tsushima is coming out next year? (laughs) You know, just kill the anticipation, why don't you, Jared? You know, boys, you got to give me one. We're at least going to get one of either The Last of Us or Tsushima. I hope. Tsushima. I hope. Now, you want to talk about difficult Japanese words to say, Dom. Tsushima. That's Tsushima. easier. Tsushima. That's you have to say easier. the T with the S. Yeah, if you're trying to say it correctly, I mean. Su. Um, tu. Tsushima. Su. Yeah, so anyway. <laughs> Ghost of Tsushima. Um, it is by my favorite studio. And... Uh, you know, I like to joke that they're Sony's best first party, Sucker Punch. Um, <laughs> Dom's, her audio listeners, Dom's making it an O face. But uh, Sucker Punch, 
uh, nails combat. And they have always back to the Sly Cooper games. Uh, and of course the infamous games. I think that infamous Second Son is, is criminally underplayed and underrated. It is uh, a game that shines when it comes to gameplay. Absolutely glistens. And the story is not great. I'm not going to sit here and act like, you know, <laughs> getting rocks out of grandma's legs is the best story. But uh, gameplay is fucking king. Always will be. I don't care if your name is Naughty Dog. I don't care if your name's Sucker Punch or Ubisoft Montreal or who the fuck ever. Gameplay is king. And that's what Sucker Punch operates on. And I think they're also about to give us a fantastic story. And so I hope that they get their due because, uh, you know, studios like Naughty Dog and uh, Santa Monica have gotten their due. People know those studios' names. They know um, that they have a great pedigree. They are, are celebrated. People forget about Sucker Punch, man. And definitely when they're talking about Sony's best first-party studios, which is very sad because I joke that they're the best, but they are, if nothing else, the second best, in my opinion, right behind Naughty Dog. Um, if they bring us a story that's on you know, the level of Naughty Dog with Tsushima, then I don't see you know, how they're any worse or less than Naughty Dog because they're certainly leagues ahead of them gameplay-wise. So... Uh, I am so excited for this because, you know, Infamous Second Son is one of my favorite PS4 games. It is a samurai game. It does have supernatural elements. Um, it looks like they're pushing more into RPG territory. It looks like they're pushing more into, you know, a deeper story like I was mentioning. So this game is, you know, everything I could have wanted from Sucker Punch. Um, I, you know, I'm okay that it's not a, another Infamous game. That's totally fine with me. Um, they're definitely a studio that knows how to reinvent the, the wheel and, and make it awesome. So um, I know that we haven't seen uh, quite enough of this game to know that it's coming out in 2019 or to uh, really pick apart like what is the gameplay experience, what are the mechanics, but I have such a strong trust in Sucker Punch. They are not going to hand you a game that you will play and say, you know, if you play through it, you're going to be like, yeah, that wasn't very fun to play. Like, you're going to have a good fucking time. So, uh, absolutely my most anticipated, and I cannot wait, and I truly hope that this is um, on another level than Gorilla Sucker Punch's coming out party, because uh, Gorilla was a surprise for them, like, totally shifting the style of game that they did. And this, I hope, is just uh, the um, icing on the cake so that people will finally start celebrating Sucker Punch for the immense talent that they are in the industry. For them, as little as we've seen of that game, if if we had seen more, I'd be more confident coming out next year, especially the early first half. The reason I don't think that game that game has even less of a chance than Last of Us is that I think Sony's more confident with releasing Last of Us whenever it's ready. They don't care. That game's going to sell, obviously. With sure. Ghost of Tsushima, not that it's not going to sell or be quality, but I think that has a harder time in the fall against big AAA titles as opposed to The Last of Us. So I think that game would more likely come out in the first half of the year. And unless we have an early announcement in like January from Sony, you know we're not going to see it in the first half of the year. So yeah. 
it'd be tough for me to see that in the second half. That's why I'm, I'm not super confident in that coming out next year. I'd yeah, be more confident in the Just operating on the, the, the fact that I'm guessing that it has a possibility. Let's say it comes yeah. out for sake of argument uh, 2019. I think that... Um, Hedging your bets. Sure, sure. I just think that it's going to be, whenever the fuck it does come out, it's going to be very well reviewed. It's going to be up there with the best PS4 exclusives, the best first party PS4 uh, stuff. And um, just a note on when it might come out um, it is important to realize that it's been years uh, since Infamous Second Son came out. Um, that was in the launch window for PS4, so that was early 2014, spring 2014, and then a year later, the standalone expansion came out in first light um so we're like four years if it came out uh next fall that'd be you know four and a half years since their last release and five and a half years since their last uh full game release so i think they've had uh plenty of time that's about how long it's been taking sucker punch to come out with a game we're just not sure this is uh, their only project they worked on right because they could have started something and scrapped it it's possible, but I, I don't think that's the case at all. I think that uh, we wouldn't be seeing it this soon if that were the case, because um, those things can really, you know, slow you the fuck down. So this is not like a bin situation as much for me. It doesn't seem like, and they do, uh, it, as far as I've ever known, uh, they only have the one team. They're not like Naughty Dog, uh, kind of bouncing back and forth. So. Um, I just think that they held this longer than any other, any of the other Sony part, first party exclusives have been, uh, because you know it was coming off of the tail of all these delays that people were getting really fucking tired of. So I think this was the first game where Sony was like, okay, after Spider Man, we're we're gonna be, um, you know, keeping things under a wrap a little bit longer. Yeah, um, I'll go over my five. I won't stay too long. We're running kind of long. Um, so, I took off some games that you guys had mentioned, just because, like I said, I wanted to mention some different games. No particular order. Uh, first up, Animal Crossing on Switch. I've wanted oh, Animal yeah. Crossing on Switch forever. Um, yep. Animal, Animal Crossing on GameCube is one of my favorite games of all time. Uh, it, it's awesome. The Animal Crossing games give you a reason to open your Switch every day, which is cool. Um, obviously, you can let that consume you if, you're very, uh, if you have a very addictive personality. But I do think it's cool that it, there's a game that gives you a reason to log in every day if you want to and experience different events at different points of the year. Um, I just think it's a cool living game and uh, and franchise, and I can't wait to see more of it. I think we'll probably see it during Nintendo's usual January Nintendo Direct and get the full blowout think of it. about it now that you're on an actual online console. I mean, semi, Jesus Christ, <laughs> I can't even say that still. Yeah. But, you know, like, it is generally an online console where you can expect to get updates pushed and, you know, content updates well, and unlike none of my friends owning a GameCube, so I couldn't like get fruits and stuff from their world, um, yeah. whether either of you buy Animal Crossing or uh, other people we know that are friends of the show, I know other people have Animal Crossing, so I'll actually be able to see that integration since people own oh, a yeah, Switch yeah. and no one owned a GameCube, unfortunately. Um, this is one of those games I got my eye on. You know, it's not yeah, um, me too. It's something that I'm just going to spit on or, or pass by completely. I've never played an Animal Crossing game, but... Um, Maybe, maybe on a sale or something, but it definitely seems like something I could enjoy kind of popping in, popping out. And I guarantee this game will release before, I would even say, uh, May. I think with Animal Crossing, you want it to hit as early in the year as possible for all of the events and stuff. They've already stated early 2019. 
I guarantee it in January we'll get the release date for this game. It's not something you need a long marketing cycle for because it's not like right, a right. huge triple A like, oh, this is the game. It's just like, here's Animal Crossing. We know if people who love Animal Crossing are going to like it. It's coming out in a couple months. Enjoy. Um, number End of April. Yeah. Uh, number two, Trials Rising. I'm a huge Trials fan. It's one of my favorite franchises. Mm. Um, the series is coming okay. to Nintendo Switch, which I think is huge for it. I think it will play yeah. very well on Nintendo Switch. I'm still going to get it. I'll probably buy it twice, if I'm completely honest. I'm going to get it on Woo! Xbox because I love the achievements. Uh, very hard games, very punishing once you get towards the extreme levels of difficulty. It's definitely a game that if you play it passively, you might get frustrated. But if you spend some time learning how to maneuver the bike and move it and play a Trials game and use the physics to your benefit, you can get really good at this game. Like, I've gotten really good at this game. Um I just love the 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 development team. I love whenever they come out and announce a new Trials game. It's a very comedic event. We saw the guy come out on stage and trip and fall. Um, he has fun with it. You can tell he loves making Trials, and that shines through the game. When people love what they're doing, it emanates through the quality of the game. Um, trials of the Blood Dragon was cool. It was fine. It was a little weird little mashup game, but it wasn't a true Trials experience. So I'm excited to get another true one. And I do think it'll sell like gangbusters on Switch. I think it's huge for it. And I'm really excited to see where the franchise goes. It's one of the most underrated, um, like, indie, mid-tier. They're, they're not necessarily indie and they're not like double-A. They're somewhere in the middle there, you know. Um, they're obviously published by Ubisoft, but smaller scale games. Um, I just wanted more people to play them because they're very fun. And the challenges are really cool. A lot of replay value. Um, number three... Uh, this one's tough. I'll, I'll go with Control. So, um, Control oh. obviously is from Remedy. I, I think Quantum yeah. Break is the most underrated Xbox uh, One game ever uh, through the whole platform. I think it's a very good game. I think people hear about the TV integration, they automatically dismiss it. But in terms of like quality totally of visuals and stuff, yeah, exactly. Totally unnecessary. You can just play that game like a video game. Uh, the mechanics in it are really fun. I think the performances are really good. Um, I just think it's a very underrated game. I think Alan Wake is also a very underrated game. If you love horror games, play Alan Wake. Alan um, Wake is a freaking masterpiece, dude. Remedy makes very good games, and I just think they're one of those studios that, like, for whatever reason, people forget about them. Control looks really cool. looks really trippy. You're, like, the head of this weird uh, supernatural um, agency that has, like, this house that has supernatural, like, elements and creatures and things going on. Um, very trippy. Uh, they said it's 2019. I'm interested to see where this lands. I really hope they don't do the fall thing because it'll get eaten in the fall. I really hope this is a mid-year release. Like I said earlier, July, August would be dope for this game. Um, I think this could be a breakout hit for them too if they market it right and obviously if it reviews well. I'm just really excited for Remedy to uh, showcase another game because I think they're very undervalued and underappreciated. Yeah, people sleep on them like so much. <clears throat> Same way. Uh, number four, uh, I think this game is almost a lock for art direction, uh, next game awards, or in the Will of the Wisps. The Ori, uh, franchise, obviously it's only one game so far, um, Ori in the Blind Forest, heartbreaking, it's like the first five minutes of a Pixar film, um, it's just one of the most beautiful games you'll ever see, the art direction is impeccable, the platforming is great. Um, the one bad thing with the first game is that there's a difficulty spike towards the the third um, the third act of the game. Um, I didn't find it too difficult. I'm not trying to be like get better. 
um, but I just didn't find it too much of an increase in terms of difficulty. Jared beat Cuphead, by the way. Yeah, I beat Cuphead. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I just... I love the art direction of those games. I love the characters. The opening of this one where the owl, obviously the owl is one of the main antagonists of the first game. Now you see that they have a kid and the parents have died and, you know, Ori is consoling this this uh, grieving child. It's just so sad. Um, and the creature designs are really interesting. Um, once again, this is a studio kind of like Supergiant that isn't, they're not owned by Microsoft. Um, but they work and have a great relationship with Microsoft, like Supergiant does with Sony. And I just can't wait for this game to come out. It's so beautiful. Interested to see the new uh, platform mechanics they introduce. And uh, yeah, that, if anything, the game's going to be beautiful at the very least. So, super excited. I'm excited for you on that one. Oh, I, I can't wait, man. Platformers are one of my favorite genres, and Ori is such a mm, the music too man when they announced the game and he came out and played piano so beautiful uh nice. it could probably it might be up for uh sound too depending on what games come out uh, the soundtrack is very good um you play a piano you got me hooked um number five it's tough um i have a couple of games here i want to give a shout out to marvel ultimate alliance 3 um crazy that game's yeah, a switch exclusive uh it's the only yeah. reason it happened team ninja really interesting um, I know why you guys don't if, have it. You know, if it's going to be exclusive, I couldn't think of a better place, man. Yeah. Um, perfect for couch co-op. This one, I know why it wasn't on your guys' list, but I'm, for me, anticipation also means, like, cautiously interested, right? Um, like, super interested, but from a cautious approach. Mm. Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Um, yeah. And it's wow. not from, and it's not from, it's not from, re, like, if the, you said this is a game made by Respawn, detached from EA, this would be my number one. Because I, I okay. have complete full faith in Respawn. Titanfall 2, best shooter campaign ever made. Um, the, the EA thing is what worries me. Like, how much did they have a say in Respawn's direction in this game? That's what I'm worried about. Um, not necessarily Respawn as a developer, because they make quality games. Um, no. But I am interested, because I think... Respawn could potentially have leverage. The thing is, though, is that they're owned by EA now. This isn't a you know partnership deal like Titanfall was. They're now owned by they EA. Joined the docks. So I, but I, I, their quality is so good that it's hard for me to dismiss that on its own. I just want to see what the influence from EA is, you know. And we're, we haven't seen much except for the title, but that is listed as a 2019 holiday 2019 game. So we'll see. Uh, that's just a, that wasn't even one of my, I just, you know, a brief mention. What I actually want to oh. say, uh, and Dom might think that I was going to say Metro Exodus, though that is, you know, an honorable mention, Anthem. We obviously talked about this at length in our previous episode, Jordan. Um, yep. The fact that I can play as Iron Man, super dope. I love Bioware, obviously. I, I uh, fully understand people's questions of, you know, the story and if it's going to have that depth that people want. For me, I just want a palate cleanser from Destiny, if I'm being completely honest. Um, nice. And if it hits that at the bare minimum, I'm cool with it. Uh, the fact that we know that Dragon Age is in development is fine. I don't know if this is going to be a games of service. I know it is a games of service game, but I don't know if it's going to be that for me. And that's fine if it isn't. I just think that the Javelin suits are really cool. The customizable options are really cool. The world is really cool. Um... Jared, are you a little bit worried? This is one thing we didn't talk about, at how close it 
looks and feels to Destiny as far as a kind of art direction and like there's definitely differences you could be you could tell pretty easily but there's also some characters that looked like they were just straight ripped out of Destiny like their armor and stuff yeah well I think it's obviously it's coincidental because Anthem's been in development forever and I think it's just that sci-fi approach yeah. you even see characters in a the uh, the outer worlds that kind of have armor that kind of looks like it too, right? Like Destiny esque a little bit. I think that's just that kind of aesthetic. I'm not worried. Um, if anything, I think it plays to the benefit for people who like Destiny but want to jump ship or try something new because we've seen in the last two years, unfortunately, Destiny's burned a lot of bridges, and I think that yeah. could be a positive for it in the sense of this looks similar to something I loved, and a huge divide in the Destiny community is that. They hate that, that Bungie focuses on PvE and PvP because when you're focusing on both of them, you don't meet the needs for either. And mm. Anthem is only PvE. There's no PvP in Anthem. There's no Team Deathmatch, yeah. none of that stuff. PvP in Destiny does, doesn't feel tacked on, but it feels superfluous. Uh, I mean, there's a community that thinks that's the best part of the game. And I, Bungie yeah. makes an effort to balance for that, but it's hard to balance yeah. for both. And obviously they have so many issues with their content and stuff like that. I think Anthem focusing just on PvE will get people excited because they know they're only focusing on that aspect of the game. If, you know, there's a gun that feels unbalanced or too weak or too strong and you fix it, you know that that's not going to affect a different game mode where people are like, oh, now it's unbalanced, you need to fix it, and then it's a rotating thing back and forth. Um, I'm not worried... For people who play Destiny, I'm worried for people who weren't interested in Destiny. You know what I mean? They're like, oh, that just kind of looks like Destiny. Why would I be interested when it is yeah. different? But I do think it could do very well with the Destiny audience, um, funny enough. so. If I had an honorable mention, Jared, this would be it. It was one of those on my list that I was kind of looking at. And obviously, you know, I do love Bioware games. I am certainly interested in this. It is written by Drew Carpishan, who's one of my favorites. So, it's definitely on my most anticipated list. It's just not on my guaranteed I'm going to love it list. And yeah. So, that's where I'm at. But uh, I should also say, credit where it's due, uh, talking about uh, it looking uh, art direction-wise very similar to Destiny in a lot of ways. Um, I don't think that they like looked at Destiny and copied it. Because, if anything, Destiny looked at Mass Effect and copied that. Yeah. And... <laughs> If anything else, like Bioware is probably just kind of evolving their look from Mass Effect, and so it's similar to Destiny just because of the fact that um, Bungie. I mean, Destiny is Halo and Mass Effect combined when it comes to art direction. That's it. Yeah. So. Also, shout out to Anthem not being afraid of bright colors. Like all their marketing is like bright oranges yeah. and blues and stuff, which is really cool. Destiny is like a that, little yeah. bit more muted. Um, yep. That's it for our most anticipated games. If you want, leave us a comment letting us know what your most anticipated game is for 2019. Uh, yeah. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for following us all year. We have a couple more uh, pre-recorded episodes for you guys to enjoy. Uh, beginning of next year, we're going to be talking about our game of the year and getting into what we plan uh, and expect from the coming year. Thank you guys for listening. If you can, please follow us on iTunes. Leave a review. It helps. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Follow us on Twitter at C-T-R-L-I-N-T. That's Controlled Interest Abbreviated. You can follow me at Jared underscore. You can follow Jordan at Mellow Modus. And you can follow Dom at Dom's Oreos. We'll catch you guys in the new year. We're going to be back next week. But in terms of like a you know live new podcast talking about the news and current events, we'll see you guys next year with all of that new stuff. So see you guys later.